Welcome to Sideline Chatter. I'm Will Owens, and I'm with Dylan Scheel and Montgomery Jordan. It's good to be here. What's up? As we move into uh, the playoffs of the National Football League, we're going to be discussing some topics that are hot in sports and the NFL in general. Um, the first question we have for today is, who is the biggest threat in the AFC to the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I got the Buffalo Bills on this one. The Bills currently have the fourth best defensive EPA per play, and what that is is expected points per play. So that means that their defensive players are playing the best on a per-play basis in the league, fourth best. They also haven't allowed a 100-yard rush rusher since week 10. Uh, we know that the Chiefs don't really rely on their run game, uh, and that it's hard to shut down Patrick Mahomes. But I do think that Buffalo Bills still represent the greatest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. I mean, I see your point there, Gummy, as they're being the two seed and there's a lot of uh, hype surrounding them at the moment. But I think really the, the way playoffs work is if you come into the playoffs hot, and you, then you can continue being hot. And I think that the hottest team right now is the Baltimore Ravens. They're the best rushing team in the league. They lead in yards per game and yards per attempt. And the Chiefs are 21st in yards and 17th in yards per attempt on defense. So they could easily gash that Chiefs defense. And... Yeah, their point differential is plus 97, their last five games of the season. Lamar looked like he could throw the ball a little bit, bo little bit more, looked more comfortable in the pocket. And also, Ravens D have a, some top-notch corners, and Mahomes, even though on paper he didn't throw many picks, he had 16 picks dropped this year. It's a terrible stat. <laughs> I also had the Buffalo Bills. Um, this has been a great season for them, one of the best of, in franchise history. Uh, they've had the most points in a season in the franchise history with 501. Um, I would argue that the Bills actually are coming into the playoffs hotter than the Ravens. They The last three weeks of the regular season, they beat the Broncos 48-19, to blowout win. They beat the Patriots 38-9, to blowout win. And then week 17, they beat the Dolphins by 30, 56-26. Um, it's just unbelievable what this team has been doing recently. Um, which carries into the next question, which is, are the Bills for real? I think we pretty much covered that one. Yeah, I would, I, I'm going to add some things to that. Josh Allen, with the most passing yards in franchise history, with uh, 4,544, he broke Jim Kelly's record, and the most touchdown <laughs> passes in a season with 37. Uh, Josh Allen has more total touchdowns than the Bills have punts this year with 46 versus the 37 punts. Um, yeah, I think that covers the Bills. Um, I'm actually going to have to object to you a little bit there just because the one thing the Bills lack is experience. And in the playoffs, experience plays a big role because playoff football is way different than regular season football. And I think most people know that. Also, everybody should know that Will is a giant Buffalo Bills Huge fan. Huge I am a Bills fan. And he will not listen to you if you object to him. I mean, I'm just sticking to the stats here. It's unbiased. No, I, I, you have you have correct. They're hot. They got good players, good offense, a solid D. But, again, experience is lacking there. So that's the only point to whereas they have like somewhat of a weakness. All right, our next uh, question regarding the NFL playoffs is which lower-seeded team has the best chance to pull off an upset on a higher-seeded team? And um, we're disregarding the Skins versus Buccaneers game because the NFC East is kind of a weird division, and I don't think the Redskins 
are a true division champion. Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Browns here over the Steelers. The Steelers, they really just didn't finish the season like they started. And it might have been due to like a harder schedule or injuries or I don't know. But through the first eight weeks, they were putting up averaging 30 points per game. And the last eight, they were only averaging 23. And part of that is due because they played Cincy and Jacksonville and put up 30-plus in both of those games. And their last six were not, were not pretty offensively. Um, they did come back against a, a, a talented Colts team, and that that is something to work off of. But I, I don't I don't really like resting your players the last week, when especially when you've had such a negative second half season. So I feel like the Browns are gonna come out there and kind of run down the Steelers' throat. They're they're, they're just kind of looking lackadaisical this second half of the season. I think the Browns are gonna take advantage and get a playoff victory. So my pick is depending on the outlooks of some injuries, and my pick is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, everybody knows that Jared Goff recently had surgery. He did not play in the final regular season game. Um, they have, Of course, they had AF star John Wolford step in, who did all right. Um, not, did have no a, Jared Goff. Yeah, John, John Wolford stepped in. <laughs> but if Jared Goff plays this week, and if Kim, Cam Akers come back uh, and he's healthy, then I think the Rams easily have enough juice to get past the Seahawks. We, we know that the Seahawks have a pretty atrocious pass defense, uh, the worst in the league. Uh, their run defense is actually a little underrated just because of how bad their passing defense is. Uh, they, the Seahawks try to use Jamal Adams in a lot of fancy ways, but it's often, it often doesn't work. I know he put up a, bu- a big sack number, but that doesn't mean that his performance on the field was really that great. Um, and so I think that if the Rams are at 100%, then they have enough to overcome Russ and the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying there, too, because the Seahawks, I think their D is very, very underrated. The last couple of weeks, too, they were playing well, so it'll be an interesting one. Uh, like Dylan, I also have the Browns upsetting the Steelers. Um, the Browns have the third-best rush defense in the NFL. Their tandem with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is really good. I think that that overwhelms the Steelers' rush defense. The Steelers are kind of top-heavy on defense in their passive defense department, which I don't think will be that big of an issue because the Browns are a run-heavy offense. So I think that kind of plays into their strengths. Um, Also, the Browns have the 18th best total defense in the NFL, which is average, but I think that's enough to carry them into this um, rushing offense over the Steelers. Uh, okay, moving into our next question, we have, which is the best team in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints or the Green Bay Packers? Um, for this one, I'm running with the Pack Show. Uh, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, who is obviously uh, he's playing on a different level right now. It's probably the best we've seen him in quite a few years. Uh, in some interviews with Pat McAfee recently, he said that because they didn't have OTAs this season. It's the first time he's gone into a season where his elbow hasn't hurt. Uh, so he's really uh, had a chance to fully rest up. And him and LaFleur really worked some new stuff into the offense. Uh, we all know that Aaron Rodgers is incredibly picky. And he's got all those brash on-the-field reactions where he's shaking his head at play calls. But this season, they seem to have settled that out more. And so I think with him and this MVP season he's having, they're going to be able to roll. Drew Brees has been struggling. And so I got the Packers. Yeah, I'm agree with you there, Gummy. Um, the Packers, yeah, especially with – scoring the Packers had one game I think that all I can think of the top of my head 
uh, that Bucks game where they their offense just looked awful. They couldn't get anything going. But the rest of the year, they've been rock solid, especially in the red zone, scoring 80% of the time, touchdowns. And also their defense uh, is great in the red zone, so they make stops when they need stops. And lastly, I think usually home field advantage isn't that big of a situation, but when you're going to Lambeau, it is a whole different game. So cold. They embarrassed a very good team in the Titans there. They did not look like they had no clue what they were doing in the snow. It was just, I think they'll kill anyone that tries to come to Lambeau. I have the New Orleans Saints as the best team in the NFC. Uh, Their offense is top five in the league in points. They average 30 points a game, which is really good. Uh, Their rush offense is sixth in the league, uh, averaging 141 yards per game. Alvin Kamara has been outstanding this year. And then their defense is also top five. Uh, Yeah, but he will be playing in the playoffs. Their defense is also top five in the league. They're fourth in total yards, allowing 328 yards per game on average. And fourth and fifth, respectively, in rushing yards and passing yards. Um, I think that the Packers arguably have a better pass offense than the Saints, but I think the Saints' defense is much better than the Packers. Well, one thing I ask you, Will, is like, do you think Drew Brees is good enough to carry the Saints to an actual Super Bowl? I think that with Alvin Kamara and the Saints' defense, Drew Brees, Drew Brees with, Drew Brees, with the help Drew Brees has on the Saints' team, Pers- they, have a, they have a good shot. At the Personally, I just think you need to throw deep and be able to create big plays in order to win games, and I just Drew Brees can't do that at the moment. He's I dead. agree that some... He's dead, he's dead bottom in the league in uh, air yards per attempt. They run short, dink and dunk, slants, tiny stuff. He never really gets big chunk plays, and I feel like that's how you win football in like the modern NFL. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Our next question is, can Lamar and the Ravens show up against Derrick Henry and the Titans in the wildcard weekend? Yeah, well, I think this is a fairly easy question. It's a pretty easy answer. The Ravens are super hot right now. We know they struggled a little bit uh, in the middle of the season, but right now they're playing some great football. Uh, we also know that the Titans have a really bad defense. It's 24th in the NFL. So I think Lamar and the Ravens roll, and Lamar runs all over them. Yeah, I agree with you there, Gummy. Um, their creativity running the ball is really it's special. They have the two running backs now in Edwards and Dobbins, as Ingram's not getting as much burn. But I think Dobbins is going to be really special for years to come. And, yeah, I, I don't really see them having a problem with the Titans. Uh, I would agree. I think the Ravens are, in my opinion, uh, more favorites than people might think in this game against the Titans. The Titans are dead last in third down percentage defense uh, with allowing 51.9% of teams to convert on third down. Uh, They're 29th in passing yards per game defense with allowing 277 yards per game. And I think that the Ravens' best rush offense in the NFL will overwhelm this pitiful Titans defense. Our next question is, can the Seahawks perform in the playoffs as well as they have earlier in the season? You know, as a formal, former Russell Wilson fantasy owner, I saw how well the Seahawks were playing at the beginning of the season. Everybody's like, let Russ cook, let Russ cook. And then I saw 
how that performance, those performances started to taper off, and that is the reason that the Seahawks can't show out like they did earlier in the year. Are they going to win this week? Maybe. I think they have a good chance. The Rams are pretty beat up, and I, I like the Seahawks. They're a good team. they got a lot of weapons. But I don't think they're going to show out and have those dominant performances like they did earlier in the year. So your reason for them not showing out in the playoffs is because their quarterback isn't playing as well. Now I'm going to flip it on you. Playoff Russ is different. He's over 105 in passing rating these last two years he's been in the playoffs. He's going to cook them. I'm taking them. I think they can make the Super Bowl and definitely the NFC Championship. No. Yes. All right. I have the Seahawks underperforming in the playoffs. Their defense this year has fallen well below expectations. They're 31st in pass yard defense allowing 285 pass yards per game on average, and 23rd in total yard defense, allowing 396 average yards per game. I think that there's a fairly likely chance that the Rams will upset this team in wildcard weekend and Uh, knock them out of the playoffs first round. Not without golf. But in general, I just think the Seahawks will not perform like they, like they were in the beginning of the regular season. We are now going to be doing our individual bold predictions for wildcard weekend of the NFL playoffs. All right, got a fun little stat for you guys. Phillip Rivers is currently 4-0 and on wildcard weekend. You know what the bold prediction is? This week, he pulls off the upset 5-0 and on wildcard weekend, roll Colts. How are the Bills legit, though, if they're going to lose the Colts? Bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, you know, I'm gonna go similar there. I'm gonna go the other seven and two, and the other quarterback, Trubisky. He's got a lot of hate on him for some unknown reason. I guess just because you're taken in front of two elite quarterbacks, that does deserve a little bit of hate. But you know, he's got a better winning percentage than Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but he doesn't have the stats like Deshaun got. Um, I think he's gonna show out. I think he's gonna go for 300 plus and three tutties, and I that. That Chicago offense has been rolling. I think they, they roll past New Orleans. My bold prediction directly counters Gummies. Um, it's not as bold as the other two, it's but not bold at all. It's I just think favoring his team and saying they're going to win by. If there are any, if there are any doubters of the Buffalo Bills, they'll be silenced in the wild card weekend. I think the Bills show up against the Colts in Buffalo in Orchard Park. They have fans for the first time this season. They're allowing limited capacity fans. Bills Mafia is going to come out, and the Buffalo Bills are going to destroy the Indianapolis Colts and make a f- statement going into this the playoffs. This is the most unbold, bold prediction <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard. Uh, just, my bold prediction give me, is give me a number. the Buffalo Bills Give me a number. 21 plus? Uh, I'm saying the, the point differential. Bills are winning this game by more than two scores. That's really There's bold, bold of you. <laughs> That's, I mean, and the, Will, the with the, the boldest of the bold. The spread is six points. All right, let's move I'm on. I'm saying they win this game by more than 14 points. <laughs> okay, moving into our next question we have. If you are the general manager for the New York Jets, what are you doing in the 2021 NFL draft with Sam Darnold? I think that unless somehow Justin Fields performs crazy against Alabama and somehow – the Jags want to take him over Lawrence, then you have to take Lawrence. He's once in a lifetime. 
But if Lawrence isn't available, I think Fields is too risky of a draft pick. He's not shown any type of consistency. He's shown many bad games. Um, so if I, I'm the Jets, I'm going to go, I'm going to keep Sam Darnold, and I'm going to trade my pick, and I'm going to get draft capital and look for an explosive player in the middle of the first round. Someone like possibly Travis Etienne or uh, Pitts from Florida. Someone who's just going to add some kind of a spark to that franchise because they desperately need a spark and a new coach. Yeah, Dylan, I completely agree. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of Sam Darnold uh, and what he does. I think he's super underrated. He's actually pretty athletic. He can scramble. He makes difficult throws. I know that he hasn't always looked the best, but that's because of the, like, the situation around him. Um, and he hasn't had any athletes around him. Even when they had Robbie Anderson there, uh, he looked terrible, and he was great on the Panthers this year. So I think it's more a showing of how poor the Jets are in their culture and how bad Sam Darnold is. So, yeah, if I'm, if I'm the Jets and uh, I'm, a, uh, uh, I'm running that franchise, I'm keeping Sam Darnold. Uh, I'm trading down into the middle of the first round, trying to acquire as much draft, draft capital as I can, and I'm just going out there and getting studs. I agree with the I agree with both Gummy and Dylan. I think the Jets need to restructure their team entirely. One good quarterback won't fix this entire team. They need to kind of start with their offensive line, their wide receivers. Their wide receiver core is really bad right now. Crowder's good. Uh, I mean, they have talent. I just don't think they have developed it right with Gase as coach. Um, they need to fix their defensive line. The, the whole team needs to be fixed. Yeah. It's just, honestly, um, I'm draft a whole and team. I don't think that one one good quarterback in the early first round will fix this team right now. I don't think that that will work. Um, okay, moving into our next question, we have: Should the Dolphins have faith in Tua going forward with the number three pick in the 2021 NFL Draft? Yeah, so this is a hard one because when we look at Tua. Coming out of college, obviously, he was great. The main concern with him was his injuries. Uh, teams really evalu evaluated him on that. Um, and, yeah, then when he played the season, he was healthy, but he didn't look very good. And I think there's something to, being said, something to be said for how talented the quarterbacks in this class po possibly are. Uh, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. I really like Zach Wilson out of BYU. So I think that perhaps – they should look at taking one of these, one of those three quarterbacks at the number three pick, um, if they don't think two is the main going forward. I'm just, I, I just can't wrap my head around how people are questioning if the Dolphins should keep their rookie, who was a rookie last year, rookie, rookie. I just explained it. He was a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. So and bad. they're already trying to figure out if they should let him go. A rookie who also start didn't start until re week six, was it? Yeah, look how much better. The reason happened. the reason there is doubt in Tua is because they didn't see any type of flare or anything that made that popped your eye. He just played simple game manager type of football. I think the problem lies within the offensive play calling. They call a bunch of dink and dunk stuff. They're they're not a quick hit offense. They take their time. They drive down the field. If they could switch that up and allow Tua to be more outside the pocket, make bigger throws, longer throws, and I think he could really show you what type of talent he has. See, that would make sense if they didn't have another quarterback who looked so much better and made us, made explosive plays. If Fitzpatrick had went out there and looked like Tua, then it, there would have been some sense to saying it's the play calling. But when Fitz was out there, he looked great. 
He looked great, but he also wasn't like. He was just, winning them games. He was winning them games, but he wasn't. He wasn't playing like. He's chucking the ball downfield while somebody's holding his face back. I mean, he was yes, not doing that. he was playing well, but it's also fits. He's been in the league for 14 years, and remember, Tua is what a rookie. I agree with Dylan. I think that Tua is really inexperienced. He has the talent to be to work for this Dolphins franchise, but I think that you can't lose trust in him this early, um, especially with how the Dolphins have played this year, their record. Uh, I think that Tua was a part of that. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick would have led the Dolphins to a better season than Tua led them to. I mean, he did. He won the most games. Uh, no. Okay. I think that the Dolphins should either draft a non-QB prospect with the number three pick or trade down and improve their team outside of the quarterback position. I think they need to improve their O-line. Yeah, I will say if they don't take a quarterback, I would, I would trade down. All right, kicking off our NBA segment, we're going to be focusing more on the Washington Wizards as they're the local team and the East Conference in general. Um, the biggest storyline after this week is the Knicks and their 5-3 and three record. Yeah, I mean... The Knicks look good right now, quite frankly. They're they're playing good basketball. Julius Randle is playing like a bucket. They uh, moved him to point forward, which I wouldn't really think is somewhere where you would put Julius Randle, but it seems to be working. He's dishing them out. He's getting boards. Uh, he's averaging 23, 12, and 7. And they have some shooters on the outside now. Alfred, pra- Al- Alfred Payton has been playing extremely well. So is Kevin Knox. And then the offseason addition of Randy Bullock is a small one, but I think it makes a very big difference in the aspect of the team. So I believe that they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're going to be a 7 or an 8 seed. And, yeah, they're, they're really shocking people this year. They beat a solid Pacers team, a solid Hawks team, and a solid Jazz team. So, And they were down 18 to the Jazz at one point. So, Yeah, uh, it's the Knicks, so I don't believe in the Knicks. Julius Randle is not going to play like this all season. Like, all credit to him. He's playing super well right now. Um, but he's not going to play like this all season. I, don't, I just don't think it's sustainable. And then they got players like R.J. Barrett, who they've invested so much draft capital in. Um, and he's shooting 21% from three. It was at 12% earlier in the season. So I think that while this is a fun stretch of games for Knicks fans, I wouldn't anticipate making the playoffs. All right, the next question we have regarding the NBA is... What are some of the problems that the Washington Wizards are facing? Nowhere close to the offensive side of things. They're second in points per game. Russ is playing well offensively. Beal's obviously playing amazing, averaging 34, said 60. But their defense is what kills them. They're they're just awful on defense, allowing straight line drives, awful rim protection. They allowed 82.5 against the Sixers the other night. And offensively, while, again, they're putting up points, they're not keeping the ball. And the most important part of basketball is to have more possessions than the other team because then you have more chances to score. Um, and that's proven. I mean, in the, in the two wins they have, they have four less turnovers than they do in the losses, or average turnovers than they do in losses. And, yeah, they just their, their defense and turnovers need to change. And it's the, the simple thing in basketball. That's how you lose a game. You play bad defense, turn the ball over. Um, one more thing I'll add is, Although Westbrook's playing well as a teammate, he's dishing the ball out well. He's getting boards 
like he always is, triple doubles. But I think he should uh, look for better shot selection. I've watched a couple, some of their games this year, and he tends to force some shots when they're not needed, and he can find some open teammates. So, uh, yeah, he's shooting 40% from the field, which, again, isn't awful, but it could be a lot better for an MVP caliber of player. Yeah, I think when you look at the Wizards and the way their roster is constructed right now, uh, they, they got solid starters. They got two all-stars in their starting lineup. It's just their team is so top-heavy. They don't really have like a six-man coming off the bench. That's great. It's like, it, uh, like Ish Smith right now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they just they don't. Thomas Bryant's had problems protecting the rim. Uh, it's not like Russ and Beal are really defensive superstars. They're both offensive superstars. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I know once the chemistry gets better there they'll win some more games, but it's certainly not what Wizard fans would have hoped for. Yeah, for sure. All right, that wraps up our NBA segment. We are going to be answering some fan questions from our Instagram comment section. The first question we got was from Max Gunderson, and it was to reflect on Doug Peterson's decision to bench Jalen Hurts and effectively lose the game for the Eagles against the Washington football team. Listen, Max. It pissed me off. All right, Doug Peterson's a clown for that. That is not what the NFL is about. Tanking games, you know, uh, that that's disrespectful to the league, especially in the fashion that he did it. So obviously, uh, he's totally lost the locker room. Everybody knows that. And yeah, Doug Peterson's a clown. But also, to all the Giants fans that are out there crying because the Eagles lost and the Giants didn't make the playoffs. Listen, you gotta win more games. You gotta win more than six games. To make the playoffs just because you guys are playing in that peewee football division and the eagles tanks doesn't mean you deserve to be in the playoffs yeah i agree with that on the on the giants side and also i do i agree that it was disrespectful to the game of football however i also am able to i'm able to see the other side of things to whereas football philly fans suck they're judgmental they boo players they don't care they hated carson wentz for half the time and they expect wins and not losses. And the way to win is by having more talent. And by moving up three positions in the draft, they just got a whole lot more talent than they did at nine. And so that's why I see, whereas, okay, well, obviously, I don't think it's a question now whether they were trying to lose a game. I think they were obviously trying to lose a game. But it benefited their team, and it's going to make their team better in the long run. And this is going to go away in about a month or two. I don't think that this will go away in a month or two. I think that Doug Peterson has created a toxic environment in Philadelphia. I don't think that the respect lost for the coaching staff by these players is worth moving three spots up in the draft. It was reported that several players had to be held, physically held back from Doug Peterson after the game, which is unbelievable. And Beat his ass up. Exactly. I don't think that Doug Peterson had any right to do this. This is just not how the NFL is meant to be played. But and let's also I don't care. I don't care they moved up three spots in the draft. It, it, this team is that you can't do that in the NFL. And the players are furious. But let's also remember Doug Peterson. We don't know what goes on in that front office. We don't know if he told like a lot of if he was told. <laughs> If he was told his job was on the line, if he didn't lose the game, like there's stuff that can happen that we don't know about. So I don't think we should go straight into accusing Doug Peterson individually 
I think it should be more of an accusing the Eagles franchise as a whole if you're going to be accusing. So you're blaming the fans. Let this, let this, no, not fans. Let's just be known that Dylan Shields, I am the blaming Cowboys the, fan, is blaming the Eagles fans for Jeff Peterson tanking. I am blaming the franchise, the front office, okay. not just Doug Peterson. Blame he is at fault, though. All right. Our next fan question is from Jenny Little, uh, asking us how we think the Washington football team will perform in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, Jenny, I think they're going to lose. Yeah, it's going to be a short one, Fat L. They're losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good question, though. 15 plus. I like the question. Uh, It's easy to answer. (laughs) Yeah, easy question, easy answer. Uh, So, finally, we're going to wrap it up with some positive news in the uh, world of women's athletics. Um, There's not a lot of leagues in, in play for women's athletics right now, but some really cool news came out of the WNBA and the Atlanta Dream. Uh, if you guys didn't know, one of the co-owners of the Atlanta Dream is actually Kelly Loeffler. Uh, she is a Republican who is running for U.S. Senate in the Georgia runoff this week. Um, and Dream players weren't happy about some of the things she had said. She uh, insulted the BLM movement uh, and generally um, didn't support uh, women's athletics uh, and stood against a lot of the things that they stood for. So in response to her... Um, even though she is the co-owner of the team they play for and she pays them, they were brave enough to wear uh, shirts supporting Reverend Raphael Warnock, who uh, was the Democrat, uh, the black, black male Democrat, um, who was running against Kelly Loeffler. Uh, he was declared victorious this past week, and so we just congratulate all of the Atlanta Dream players. Yeah. Great work. Good job, guys. All right, that's it for today. That wraps up everything. That's Thank, the first podcast. Appreciate Thank you y'all. Guys. Thank you guys for tuning thanks, in. Hey, to thanks to all the chatterers. The, fir- <laughs> the first sideline chatter episode. And remember, up next. <laughs>